Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the inaugural episode mm. of Just Talking About It with Heroes and Thieves. My name is Greg. And my name is Michael. And we are going to talk about it. <laughs> yes, we are. We're going to crack open a cold one. The cold one being non-alcoholic, just a soda. But let's dive right in. Let's talk about it today. So uh, why don't you kick us off into, into what we're going to do. Thank you so much. So, to start us out, I'm going to take us back a little bit. Back to a year that was seemingly feels better than, than this year. Um, I think a lot of them might for a lot of people. Uh, back to 1995. Ooh. You know what happened in 1995, Greg? I d- I do not. I think I was six years old. You were six. I was nine. My memory just started to form at that age. <laughs> it started <laughs> to make lifelong uh, stones that stayed in my life forever. Okay. That's what I'm going to say. 1995, Windows 95 launched, and the world was gifted with a super awkward dance party with Bill Gates and company. I don't know if you've seen that video, but oh, it's hilarious. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. That happened. The privatization of the internet happened in 1995, where AOL and Netscape and all those things launched uh, after the government stopped funding the internet. Very good. Another thing that happened was the O.J. Simpson murder murder trial. Big landmark in American history. Um, As you know, today we have many, many media adaptations of that. Uh, The DVD was announced. We're going way back. (laughs) It feels like yesterday. Uh, Toy Story was released, which was the first ever full-length computer animated feature film to be released in theaters. Wow. The Also, Star Trek Voyager, Braveheart, and a little movie called Leaving Las Vegas came out, in which starred Nicolas Cage. You know what he got for that movie? A Razzie? He got an Oscar. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I didn't I've, know this, but Nicolas Cage won an o- Oscar for Best Actor in a film. I've never heard of that movie. Yeah, he was in it, Leaving Las Vegas. I've heard of it. I've watched it. And he won the Oscar over such names as Sean Penn and Anthony Hopkins. He beated these guys. I don't understand. Crazy. How that happened. And that moment in time, I think, I argue, it sparked his descent into madness because he peaked too early. You know, you can't mm-hmm. win so early. Yep. And all of the rest was just, well, you know the story. Um, and then what else happened in 1995? A game that we both played a lot and where is the topic of us just talking about it today. A game called Secret of Evermore. Mm-hmm. I was nine years old. Um, I was listening to Blink-182 on the radio. Um, every time every time their song came on, I remember I would try to run to the radio and hit record on my cassette tape that was prepped in there so I could record one of their songs that I liked. <laughs> um, and it would always have, you know, a little bit of the intro and outro of the radio station at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, but those were the times, <laughs> better times, different times. Mm-hmm. Indeed. So for those of you who don't know, and you don't need to know these information, this information, but I'm going to tell it to you so you can know. Uh, 
there's a game called Secret of Evermore. It was released October 1, 1995, developed by Square, which is now Square Enix, for those of you who know, actually in North America. This is not a Japanese game, although it was developed and published by Square, which is a Japanese company. The designers were Alan Weiss and George Sinfield. Sinfield was the writer of many Nintendo Power articles and also strategy guides, which is fantastic. Um, <clears throat> the artists were Daniel Dosio. I think you have to say his name. He went on to do Guild Wars uh, 1 and 2. Oh. Yeah. And then the soundtrack was by Jeremy Soule. And all of the stuff I looked up really only remember him as one of the main guys for Secret of Evermore. And why? Because he went on to do music for Elder Scrolls, Guild Wars as well, Icewind Dale, and the Harry Potter series. So big name in music there for the soundtrack. The Harry Potter movie series? It says the Harry Potter series. Might be the video games. Probably the video games. It's <laughs> <laughs> a big difference. Okay. But still still a, pretty big. a good resume. Yeah. Good resume for Jeremy. Um, <clears throat> so Secret of Evermore is a game that came out after a different game titled Secret of Mana. And many people, when they see Secret of Evermore, think it's just a ripoff of Secret of Mana because it uses the same system, the same gameplay loop as Secret of Mana did. It's arguably the same engine and everything um, that they use there. And to save on development, they just copied it and let the American development company use it and create this game, uh, which is which is all well and good. The, but I think the gameplay feels smoother than the than the gameplay from Secret of Mana. Um, they might have iterated on it and improved on it. I don't know. Um, but it is just hack and slash gameplay at its core. There's mm -hmm. not much more than run up to a bad guy, hit it until it dies. And that's Secret of Evermore. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's a beautiful game. Um, this game, it was a great game, but it shaped how I play most games and how I approach many things actually in life today. I was thinking about this a lot in the last week while preparing for this, just talking about it episode. And <clears throat> there's a specific section of this game. I don't know if you remember it. There's in this game, you, you travel through time to different, different like epics in the world. And one of them is around the Egyptian pyramid times. And you, you are going into this temple with your dog, who's your friend in the game. And you're, you're going through this level and it's just a temple, right? It's just, you're going through inside of an Egyptian temple and you're, you just have to beat the level, beat the boss, whatever. It's like a puzzle. You figure it out. But I looked on the internet because I remember this vividly to this day because it was heartbreaking to me as a young child. Mm -hmm. There's a glitch in the game. Yeah. And this is not early in the game. This is like more than halfway through the game where, <laughs> where you, you play. And then in that pyramid level, you are able to save your game at one point. You can save your game at any point in this game. And if you do, you can save your game as you, as you get into the temple. There's a part where, you could be stuck forever and you cannot get out of this, of this pyramid. And this happened to me and I thought, oh, that's terrible. This game is, is terrible. I don't like this. I just got stuck 
And the internet now, searching as an adult, I didn't have this luxury back then as a child. They said, oh, just load an earlier save. I couldn't do that, right? We didn't have the capability to load an earlier save. Yeah. It was it was then or nothing. Um, and apparently there, it's a glitch in the game where if you do a certain things in a certain order, you would be theoretically stuck forever if you saved your game, which happened to me. I didn't want to start over. I had come too far. I had invested too much time into this level, into this game to mm -hmm. start over. Because as a child, you play games differently than you do as an adult. Now I play games just to enjoy them, to, you know, get some story, some hack and slash fun and be done with it. As a child, I wanted to get everything out of it as I could. I, I grinded more than I should have in the early game. I looked for currency, looked for loot, tried to get all the items as I played through the game just to get stuck forever on one point. So spending many, many hours before this was, was just heart-wrenching as this happened to me. Mm -hmm. And it's just at that point where you decide, I, I don't want to play anymore. I'll never see the end of this game because this happened to me. So essentially approaching every other thing in life after this taught me, you better be sure you don't mess up. Which is, you know, oh, good no. and bad uh, because you approach things with a different mindset of, you know, just going in, charging in, make doing whatever you want, you know, kicking in the door and attacking all the monsters. You can't do that once you've been scarred with this, with this trap you've been in, you know, it's this feeling of, well, I better take my time. I better be extra careful. I better double check everything, triple check everything. Better be extra cautious from here on out. And that still, I don't know if it's from this thing specifically, but I do have this character trait where it's, I need to double and triple check things before I, you know, commit to them fully. And it's, it's tough now <laughs> because I feel like this game is a perfect example of that, of that thing that I, that I learned from the game. Um, like be extra careful or else you're going to be stuck forever, <laughs> which is sounds pretty doom and gloom, but um, I don't know if that's a good thing to take away or not, but you know, it's, well, it's whatever. <laughs> it's sad. It can be that much. <laughs> it's a sad thing. Uh, but this game also, my, my second thing I, I thought about when, when thinking about this game was, how it, it teaches you a lot about companionship because the game is about a boy and his dog. You start off and you're with your dog. You get sent back in time with your dog. And every time your dog changes into a different form of the dog. So in the current day, it's like a, I don't know, it's like a lab. And then you go back in time to the, to the stone age. And then you have this big wolf dog looking thing. You go to the Egyptian time and you have like a fancy poodle. It's the same dog. It just looks different. So I was thinking about this and how, how real that really is in our lives as we progress through our lives. When, when we're children, we have our companions, right? We have our friends. We have our siblings who have their personality traits and they, you know, they 
manifest in different ways and they have totally different things they like to do. Mm -hmm. But as we grow, we kind of get different companions. There's still, the idea is the same. Like my friends change, but it's still, I have a friend and he's the person I rely on right now. So from first grade to sixth grade, I had a friend. And from seventh grade to eighth grade, it was a different friend, but I relied on that friend the same. Just like mm -hmm. in the game, it was a different dog, but it really wasn't. Like the friend in real life, it was a different friend, but really I did the same stuff with the second friend. And it's it's the same thing. It's it's not I didn't treat the second friend any different than I did the first. It was just a different person. And then from ninth grade to senior year, I had a group of different friends and um your companions change as you go through life and then you you meet your significant other and then that becomes your new companion for a long time. <laughs> and then you got children and there's a new companion you have, but they all manifest differently as you, as you go through your stages of life. There's, there's one thing I thought of when <clears throat> about companionship and how you always need to rely on your friends. Just like in this game, you really relied on your dog a lot of the time. I don't know if you remember, but the dog was way better than the boy. Um, <laughs> because he was just stronger. He was just oh, a yeah. better character to be. Yeah. <laughs> and most of the time the dog was controlled by the computer. You could control it. You could switch back and forth, but you know, most of the time you, you just played the boy and, uh, but the dog was better. It was stronger. It had more hit points. It just was a better character than the, than the player. It was a beefcake. It was a beefcake. <laughs> Absolute unit. Mm -hmm. Um, and how you end up just relying on your companion, that dog, in the game throughout the whole game. And without it, you wouldn't solve any of the puzzles. You weren't able to kill any of the monsters or beat any of the bosses or do anything without the dog in the game. It was created specifically so you needed to use the dog. When I was, when I was 16, I think I was 16, I went on a hike with a group of scouts and we went to a place called fourth of july lake i don't know if you've been there it's in I don't the think tahoe so. tahoe region of california um and this hike involved a it was i think it was two nights and it involved going past a couple different lakes like little small lakes <clears throat> to get up to the main lake at the very top um, there was four lakes in this chain of lakes that you walked past. It was a beautiful, it was an awesome hike that we went on. There were leaders there, but there was all in all, I think, uh, 10 ish, um, boys. And if you're not familiar with the scouting program, you, it's very heavily drills into you like survival, wilderness skills, being a good person, helping others, but always going with someone else. Don't go by yourself. It's a big, it's a big yes. push in the scouting program. Don't do things alone. Um, and this, this hike we went on, I was with one of my best friends at the time. And we decided, you know, we'll everyone, everybody buddy up and go. We're not going to, we're not going to hold your hand on the hike. You know where to go. And then, but if you're with your buddy, it'll be fine. We'll all get there. Everybody will have a good time. On the way up, we did. It was wonderful. We had a great hike. We all buddied up, went in groups of two. Uh, some had three, and we made it to the 
to the 4th of July Lake and had a wonderful camp. And on the way back, we did the same thing. We separated two by two and, and started heading back. Towards the end of the hike, we were probably only about, you know, three or four miles until we got back to the car place. Um, we were passing one of the last lakes on the, on the walk back. And my friend stopped and said, because we were, we were leading all the other guys, we were ahead by probably an hour. We were, we were going at a good clip. Um, he was going to stop and fish at the lake. (laughs) And I I am not much of a fisherman. Uh, I like to fish, but it's not something, you know, I, I want to do all the time and he does it all the time. And so at this point I was like, we just, we just spent a couple of days fishing. I'm good. We don't need to do this. I'm just going to keep walking back to the cars. <laughs> so I left him. I left my companion and uh, kept walking on my own. And this is where the problems began. <laughs> because <laughs> oh, no. because as good as you think you know yourself and as good as you think you are at things, when you end up trying to do them on your own, no matter what it is, you start to see your flaws very quickly. Um, and they, they come out very rapidly when you're trying to approach life by yourself. And I started walking and the people on the path got fewer and fewer. And eventually it was just me and I kept walking and walking. And suddenly I hit the side of the mountain and I thought on the way in, we were never on the side of a mountain. (laughs) So I must be going the wrong way. Uh, 16 year old me didn't think this was a big problem (laughs) at that point in time. I thought, well, I could, I can see at the bottom of the mountain, it was quite a ways away, but I could see the road. And I said, if I just kept going down the mountain, someone would find me. (laughs) Mm. I had kind of consigned myself to being lost at this point and thought, you know, instead of going back and trying to find people, I would just make it worse in my head. It's like, if I turn around, I might not be going the right way just into the forest, you know, just walking blindly into the forest. I can see the road. I can see safety, but it's, you know, miles down a very steep mountainside. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) at this point I thought, well, this is all bad. This is all not good. I am lost and either way is bad. I go back, try to go back the way I came into a forest, which, um, as a lot of you know, survival people know is not a great idea, um, especially for a 16 year old. <laughs> Don't try yes. to backtrack. You'll end up just going in circles yep. um, and getting more lost. <laughs> and so my options were both bad. Um, backtracking or, or, <laughs> or just being or going down the mountain, like dying, trying to climb down a mountain with no mountain climbing gear. So I sat there for a while and thinking to myself, well, this is terrible. This is it for me. I'm not going to make it back <laughs> from this experience. <laughs> and then I, I finally, after probably like an hour, I was just sitting there like on the side of the rock, just really contemplating, like, do I go forward or do I try to find my way back? And, uh, it was probably like an hour I was sitting there and then I turned around and thought, you know what? I'm just going to go back and start shouting and hooting and hollering and Seeing what happens if anybody mm-hmm. can hear me. Um, so I turned back and it's not, it's it, like five minutes of me walking 
back the way I came, I encounter another person. It's not anyone I know, but it was just somebody there. And I told them, Hey, I think I'm, I think I went the wrong way and now I'm lost. <laughs> and they said, well, yeah, you're, you're way off the trail. The trail is that way. And they, they pointed me back to the right place, which is totally bizarre, by the way. It's one of those like divine intervention moments that doesn't happen all the time. <laughs> it's like, what is, first of all, what is this person doing out here? I have no yeah. idea. <laughs> it's like, well, why are you here? Why aren't you lost? You know, like, why am I lost? <laughs> yeah. One of those things, you know, like you, you're lost too, but no, this person knew the way back. So turns out I was, I was well off the path. Um, but like a good survival hiking person, that person was actually making signs as they walked. So they knew the way to get back, mm. um, <laughs> to how they went. Um, so I, I started, I, I was walking back and, and finally encountered my friend sitting and no, no, I didn't. I was walking back and I finally found the the right path and started walking down it. And then about, you know, 30, 40 minutes later, I, one of the leaders was walking back looking for me and found me and we got there and everything was fine. We decided not to tell anybody that this had happened. <laughs> um, so I don't know that anybody even knew this happened um, till now. <laughs> so I was completely lost. Excellent. Almost made a terrible decision. But it's because I bailed on my companion, the one that was with me that we were supposed to stay by. And it's a lesson that I did not take from Evermore. All I got was be afraid of everything. Like double check, triple check. Mm -hmm. And that lesson I ignored and just left my, my companion to go on my own, which, which is never a good idea. Um, because when you try to do things by yourself, just like, just like in Evermore, if your dog died or if you tried to, to play the game without the help of it, you would, you're at a huge disadvantage. Yes. Massively. Uh, and it's not worth the time. <laughs> to do things that way. So my takeaway is in life and with everything, make sure you have someone with you. <laughs> have help. Uh, don't do it alone. And you hear that all the time. But this just made me really reinforce my my belief that when you do things by yourself, your ability to do them is is not great. Um, you might think you're really good at things. You might think you know the way, but just having someone else with you in all times, it's just, it's just better. It's just better. Agreed. You know? Um, so that's, that's where I was. Uh, that's what I, that's what I just wanted to talk about when we were talking about this game, because it's important to, to rely on our companions through life. Just like an evermore. Just like an evermore. That's a, uh, Beautiful collaboration between Evermore and real life. Yeah. <laughs> I am not surprised by your story <laughs> that you got lost. <laughs> <laughs> why? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why. I can't explain it. Just uh, not surprised, but uh, it's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, it's I mean, kind of funny. It it happens. And, you know, but but the more I think about it, it's just... The more I think about what that person said, like <clears throat> you went, it's, it's, I wasn't, 
loss. It's just, I wasn't where I wanted to be, you know? Now, <laughs> yes, yes. Now, when you <laughs> ran into that person in, in the woods, this random stranger, was this an older person, younger? It was probably like 30s. It wasn't super old. Okay. But older, looked, old enough to be a mature adult. Old enough for me to say, you know what you're talking about. I need help. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't another child. Yes, it was, it was an older person. Interesting. Because just thinking nowadays, if that story were to happen in 2022, you know, an adult comes upon a young boy in a Boy Scout uniform. That's the beginning of a horror film. <laughs> well, I didn't have the uniform on. Oh, you didn't? Oh, okay. <laughs> no, we weren't uniformed up. I just, it was the scout troop but oh yeah uniform. that makes sense our troop was never big into uniforms yeah our troop up. was one of those troops where it was like you show up to scouts and no one had uniforms on only for the ceremonies and even mm -hmm. then it was like even then we were together. wearing blue jeans yeah like barely <laughs> passable as like actual scout like laws yep. go it's like yeah it literally was, it was the, the minimum requirement yeah, very minimum. And it was, but it was a good time. We focused more on like having fun rather than like, you got to put three fingers up. You know, that yeah, kind it, of was, thing. <laughs> it was just about camaraderie, making yeah, friends and learning, learning how to live in the life wilderness. skills. You know, well, now they're, I mean, the world has changed, but <laughs> learning skills in life to take with you and just being a better person, a better citizen in the world. Yeah. That's what we focused on. Well, I'm glad that that man was a good citizen and helped you back and didn't murder you or, you know, whatever else a, a true crime doc <laughs> podcast yeah. would talk about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, it, uh, yeah. Um, didn't happen. Good. Very good. Well, that was a, a glowing review. So let me, <laughs> let, let me follow that up with a, a quick analysis of, uh, the actual story of Secret of Evermore. Yeah, hit us with it. And when I mean quick, I mean quick. Okay. So Secret of Evermore, as you mentioned, is about time travel. Or is it? It's not actually time travel. Oh, it's no? It's dimension traveling. Oh, that's right. If you'll dimension remember, traveling. it's more dimensions where these people exist in the time that they want to exist in. But it's not a linear time in our world it's they all just got frozen in time 30 years ago and put into their dream world so for for horus the archaeologist he was put back in egypt or egypt like time and then same thing with that little girl and then the big bright eyes and all that stuff yeah bright eyes so that's the story of the game and you're there helping them those yes. people trapped in time for 30 years. Can you imagine such a thing being trapped as a little girl for 30 years or like Peter Pan? Some may enjoy that. I guess some would. She did. But let me hit you with this. Three, three games, three dates. You already mentioned two of them, actually. Number one, oh. Secret of Mana, August 6, 1993. Number two, Chrono Trigger, March 11th, 1995. Number three, Secret of Evermore, October 1st, 1995. Now, you brought up Secret of Mana and Secret of Evermore because clearly by the names and by the gameplay styles, it's almost a like a off-brand serial version of Secret of Mana. Mm -hmm. Kind of what it feels like. 
except Secret of Evermore is better. So it's, it is what it is. You know? Don't Whoa. at me. <laughs> you say this. <laughs> uh, but it's not a coincidence. Think about it. Secret of Mana had the gameplay that Secret of Evermore has. Chrono Trigger had some of those story elements that Secret of, that Secret of Evermore has. Mm-hmm. It's not a coincidence. That makes Secret of Evermore a masterful summation of the best parts of those two games. Okay. And anybody who knows anything about those two games, Secret of Mana and Secret of and Chrono Trigger, those are two of the greatest games for the Super Nintendo. Chrono Trigger, some say one of the greatest games ever made. Now, they obviously didn't play Secret of Evermore. Right, I haven't said that ever. That Chrono Trigger was the greatest game ever made? One of the? <laughs> yes, correct. Yes, this is a conversation we've had multiple times. <laughs> I don't even know why it's a conversation, but it's ongoing. Also, now, a controversial interjection that um, linked to, no, Legend of Zelda, the 64 one, is also not on that list. Ocarina of Time? Correct. Not on the list of greatest games ever made? Correct. You just made a bunch of nerds really sweaty and angry. Yep. That's what I'm here for. Good. That's what we're trying to do. (laughs) (laughs) Now, out of all of the games that I've started and not ever finished, which there's a lot of them because I have, growing up, I had a certain mental, mm, I don't want to say disability because it's not, but I had a certain mental condition. You can, you can say it. It's okay. It's safe here. Okay, well, I, I had a certain learning disorder growing up. You said I had, like you don't have it anymore. I don't. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe I still do, but I grew out of it. Turns out you can do these things. It just evolves. And we'll talk about that in a, in a minute. But okay. out of all the games that I've started and not finished, which there's a lot of, Secret of Evermore is probably on the top of that list. Top being the best one of those games. Okay. I've never beaten it. Young me had some issues. Now, Secret of Evermore, when I think of this game, when somebody says, hey, did you play Secret of Evermore? Which happens never in my life. But if somebody (laughs) said that to me, the first thing I would think of would be this little story that I want to tell you that I know you know because you're a part of this story. Now, great. there was once upon a time uh, where me, being the youngest child, uh, I had nothing to do. And so what's the first thing I do when I have nothing to do? I decide to follow one of my siblings and just do what they do, which for Mm -hmm. some reason, unbeknownst to me, really pisses them off. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Or it used to piss them off, Mm -hmm. uh, you included. Mm -hmm. Now, I was bored this day, had nothing to do. And I was maybe, you probably, you might even know better. I was maybe eight or nine, maybe 10 years old. And I went to mom and said, mom, I'm bored. Mom said, go hang out with Michael. He's going to go to the store with Hung, our next door neighbor. (laughs) Right? Uh Uh-huh. And so I remember that I ended up doing it. I think you begrudgingly accepted. And so I followed. I followed you two, you and Hung, as you went to Kmart. That used to be just around the block from our house. Maybe mm-hmm. a mile walk. Not, maybe not even that. 
I don't know. It was a it was a Circle K. Circle K. That's what yeah, it was. That's not, right. Not a Kmart. It was a gas. Not station. a Kmart. It was yeah. It was tiny. It was <laughs> yeah. in like a little strip mall thing. Yeah. It was that Circle K. That's right. So I remember followed you to Circle K. And now that I think about it, this is funny because these are both stories about being lost that we both <laughs> told. What a great game this is. Yeah. So I followed you to Circle K and Hung was okay with it because he was a cool kid. You weren't because you were my brother. Right. You hated having me along. And so I kind of followed, I tailed a little bit. I wasn't in the conversation, right? Because I was also four years younger, way less cool. I didn't have anything to add to the conversation. So- I just followed along. And I don't remember exactly what happened after that, but you two went into the store, probably bought something, I don't know, soda and a Slim Jim. I don't I don't know what, what was <laughs> bought course, that day. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's what you buy in the 90s. You buy soda yeah. and Slim Jim. <laughs> the ultimate combo. <laughs> yeah. uh, or what they say, Mr. Pib and Red Vines, right? Yeah, and a big league chew. Yeah, that's what we did back in the 90s. And uh, you guys came out of the store and I came, I think I went in with you. I came out with you. The thing is, and this is where Secret of Evermore flashbacks to my mind, because I, with my mental, with my learning uh, problems, (laughs) my issues, I saw the parking lot. And I saw that there were cracks in the parking lot, lots of cracks, as there are in any Circle K parking lot. (laughs) Right. There's going to be cracks, thousands, hundreds, maybe thousands. (laughs) And when I saw it, I became fixated instantly. And I had to jump with both feet between each crack. So like every, every little, I guess you could say every little island that those cracks formulated, I had to put both feet into every single island that was made by those cracks, which again, could have been hundreds. But because I saw that and I became fixated, I had to do it. And I've never been um, diagnosed with it, but I think this is, I think this is OCD. Mm-hmm. No, I <laughs> from, I believe you have that for sure. From what I've seen, I think this is OCD and this is the most telling sign because I started doing it and I told you guys to wait. You didn't. <laughs> <laughs> you very quickly said, no, we're leaving. And then you just started walking, <laughs> which again, <laughs> folks, this is the 90s. All right. People did things like this. You just start walking away. And you figure, hey, they'll come along eventually if they want to get home. (laughs) But also remember, my friends, listeners, that this was about a mile away, which for an eight or nine year old, that's a pretty, that's a pretty long ways away from home. I knew the way home, but did I really? I could very easily get lost. But the problem was, is that I was jumping in between all these little islands of which there might have been hundreds. And I had to (laughs) jump in every single one starting from the door all the way to the street. And I couldn't stop. And when I saw you and Hung walking away, I started crying. Now imagine being a customer in Circle K and you look out the window <laughs> or you're the, you're the cashier at Circle K and you look out the window and you see an eight-year-old boy, kind of chubby, by himself, 
jumping with both feet around the parking lot <laughs> as he's bawling his eyes out. That was me. And I couldn't stop. Now, that's where the story ends because I don't remember the rest. I don't remember how I got home. Um, I don't know if you can fill in that part. Do you remember that? No, but it probably ends with me getting in trouble because you got lost. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it absolutely ends with you getting yelled at. Um, well deserved, by the way. Who would who would leave their little brother in a gas station parking lot next to a busy street? First of all, who would let a nine-year-old walk with a 13-year-old an hour, like a mile away, <laughs> to a gas station by themselves? Okay, so this is mom's fault now. <laughs> no, okay. I'm not saying. Okay. I'm just saying, in today's day and age, who of you listeners would let your children do this? <laughs> like a mile to a gas station by themselves walking? A ghetto gas station, too. That wasn't like a, this wasn't an upscale. Yeah, it like, wasn't a nice place. This was just middle class America at its finest. Yeah. <clears throat> um, But I remember as I was as I was jumping in between those, those islands, I'll say every time it flashes me back to secret of Evermore, because the one aspect of secret of Evermore that I don't really like are the mazes Mm -hmm. because there are a ton of them in this game. And I don't do well with mazes. I mean, I like them. I really like them, but I don't succeed very often (laughs) because of my OCD which I'm fairly certain, yeah, it plays a, plays a big part in that, in mm-hmm. that failure. But every time I think of Secret of Evermore and how it did trap me, because exactly what you said with that glitch happening, that happened to me once in Secret of Evermore, and yeah. it has scarred me, the, as it did you, the rest of my life. And I have since gone back and beaten the game, and I will say it's a beautiful game, but I am scarred. We'll leave, we'll leave that story at that. Uh, Secret of Evermore scarred me. But not only in that way, because that is kind of a... Mm, it's one of those childhood memories that you wish you could forget, but you can't. That's, that's top of the list right there. The trauma and the panic of being left alone. Oof. Troublesome. Yeah. Let's take a step back. I want to talk about the music of this game okay. for a second. Yes. As you mentioned, uh, what was his name? Jeremy, Jeremy soul, Jeremy soul. I, Jeremy I call soul. him Jeremy. Oh, you call him Jeremy. I call him yeah. Jer. How about call that? Jer, Jer, <laughs> Jer bear. <laughs> Didn't we knew, we knew a Jer growing up. We did. Um, anyways, <laughs> Jeremy <laughs> soul. That. <laughs> that's, that's all I'm going to say about that. We'll talk about that another time. Uh, Jeremy soul created a beautiful soundtrack at the, I think it was the tender age of 19. And I will say the music in this game is an amalgamation of the greatest music from the greatest times. We talk about prehistory banging drums. You tell me that's not great music nowadays, especially nowadays. (laughs) Yeah. With the advent of modernism and postmodernism, we would absolutely just we would melt over the sound of Neanderthals beating drums. <laughs> right. We'd say it's better than Mozart. It's all the rage nowadays. <laughs> it's all the rage. 
But when you think about prehistory, again, the 90s were such a unique time. Maybe it's because we grew up in them, but it's so unique because one of the things I remember most about the 90s is the love of dinosaurs. Dinosaurs, yeah. Does this does that ring a bell for you too? It does. It was the time of love and dinosaurs. <laughs> it really was. And I have a few examples. Number one on that list being Jurassic Park, right? That might have yep. been what kicked off the rage. I don't know. But Jurassic Park was a huge hit. Mm-hmm. But let me just spitball. No, I'm going to machine gun a few of these other names at you. Okay. And these are all pieces of media from the 90s, late 80s, 90s. Jurassic Park, Land Before Time. Cadillacs and Dinosaurs, Dink the Little Dinosaur, Denver the Last Dinosaur, Extreme Dinosaurs, Dino Riders, Land of the Lost, Dino Saucers, Dino Bots, and then lastly, Beast Wars, Transformers. Oh, yeah. And that's just a small subset of probably the huge amount of dinosaur-themed media. Yeah, that a lot. And not to mention dinosaur parallel like you could say teenage mutant ninja turtles in a sense it's very um not primitive but when you talk about reptiles and growing you know big mutant dinosaurs like beast wars or dinobots i think tmnt fits right alongside that especially when you put in what are their two names rash and razor i don't remember the two Dumb bad yeah. guys in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, I don't remember it's, their names. It's just the 90s just loved their prehistory. That's what I'm trying to say. And so Secret of Evermore really hit on a banger there. They did. And then you go to the, the Greek, the Gothic, and the future. That was all okay. That it, it really, for a 19-year-old kid, he really hit the nail on the head when it came to those themes. I will give him that. Mm-hmm. And also, I will say that... This game has a soundtrack so good that if you go onto YouTube and look at the soundtrack or listen to the soundtrack on YouTube, you will find political and economic discussions happening on the comment sections <laughs> of his of those videos. Wow. So only such a beautifully crafted game can give you things this wonder, this amazement, this amazement, this nostalgia and just this overwhelming desire to argue with somebody on the internet about separating the art from the artist, about politics. Only on the Secret of Evermore soundtrack can you find this. Overwhelming desire to argue with someone on the internet. I don't know what it, what it does to people, but it I does it. I just cannot help myself. I, I can't help it. I need to argue with somebody. This prehistory soundtrack is binging out the caveman in me. I cannot get over this. I need my, I need to be heard. <laughs> this is where I'm going to have my platform. Yep. <laughs> On the Secret Evermore soundtrack YouTube page. That is not a joke. <laughs> if you go to a YouTube page playing the full soundtrack, there is an argument there. And I wish I could bring it up here and show people. I wish I could share yeah. my screen. But there is an actual argument about separating the art from the, art, the artist. There's another argument about um, child labor, <laughs> maybe okay. because That's he was a such one. a young he was such a young lad that they abused him for his labor. I don't know what happened. I don't know what the real story was, but these discussions are real and they're happening. 
Now, really quickly, I want to go over a couple more thoughts on why this is the greatest game ever made. Okay. And this you're, argument- You're going with this is the greatest game ever made. In a sense. Okay. This is your argument. Okay. In a sense. But I also realize that as I say that, um, what I'm about to say is going to take away from that statement. <laughs> okay. I, I just for the listener's benefit, I, I think I would give this a six out of 10. So let's hear what your, your argument is for the greatest game ever well, made. Nostalgic? Yes. Good? Maybe, yes. Maybe I will take that back. Maybe I was just being nostalgic. Maybe I'm caught in a moment of nostalgia right now. Just a wave is passing over me. But also, as a listener, you're probably thinking, wow, both of you have terrible experiences related to this game. Why would you even say it's good? That's a good point. You weren't there. You don't know. That's all I have to say. You don't know. You don't know. And when I, when, when, just real quick, when someone asked me, hey, have you played Secret of Evermore? Like you said, it happens common all the time. Every day. <laughs> it happens every day. I'm berated with this question. Have you played Secret of Evermore? The time old classic. And I say, yes. And they say, what do you remember about it? And my first answer is that pyramid glitch that happens. And my second answer is listening to Silverchair. Um, that's my second <laughs> Actually, answer. Actually, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. Because I don't know if you guys know, Silverchair is like a budget Nirvana that came out in the 90s and uh, came out with a couple good hits. And I remember while playing Secret of Evermore, I would listen to Silverchair pretty much on repeat because it was the one CD that one of our older brothers had. <laughs> I just had it playing in the background. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go ahead and call him out right now, because also, since you say that, um, a young me also thought that the main character of this game, the boy, he has no name, but I think it's just boy or hero. Yeah, it's boy. To me, he had the same hairstyle as our oldest brother who listened to this soundtrack to uh, Silverchair, Scott. He had the same yeah. hairstyle as Scott. He does. Yeah. He did. And he does. When they anymore. were in high school. Not anymore. Yeah, yes. Of course. So he ripped when, his style off the boy? <laughs> I think Scott stole his steez from the boy from Secret of Evermore. Did the boy wear Jinkos? Ooh, that's a good question. Did he? <laughs> I don't know. Did the boy rollerblade into Evermore? <laughs> yeah. Was there ever a rollerblading scene? Uh, the dog, when he was a toaster, I think he oh, rollerbladed. Yeah, he like rolled around. Yeah. Man, can everyone and, just take a minute right now? Everyone who's listening. Take a second with me and go to your browser or on your phone and type in jinkos.com, J-N-C-O.com. Just have a scroll. A website? Just have a scroll. And uh, yeah, imagine wearing those bad boys mm-hmm. in public. And I'm, imagine underneath <laughs> those bad boys, you got some blades on. You got blades on. And then inevitably, the bottom of your jinkos would get all frayed because they're much too large to be wearing uh, appropriately and not get frayed because they drag on the ground. Um, yeah, that's that's crazy. It's a sight to behold. It's crazy that this was a thing. It still is, apparently. I think I it's know making someone. a comeback. I want to know someone today that unironically wears Jinkos because they are comfortable. Because I, I like th- the way it feels. I don't think you'll find anybody... <laughs> Unironically wearing Jenkos. I think they're going to legitimately make a comeback because of 
the memery. Just out of meme sake, right? It's not I because think so. I love the freedom my legs have in a mile of jeans. You know what I want to see? <laughs> That's not what happens. I would prefer to see somebody who actually wore Jenkos in the 90s wear them now. I don't want to see a 16-year-old <laughs> wearing Jenkos just because, you know, it's yeah. a meme. I want to see somebody who is dedicated to the life back when it was the life bringing it back. That yeah. would be unironic and that would be awesome. That would be awesome. I'd love to have that person on the podcast. I don't know about having them on the podcast, but I would love to see. That. <laughs> I'd love to give them an interview. <laughs> Let's interview. Hey, why? What's why going do you do on this? <laughs> yeah. So let me let me take let me let me take that back. Let's yeah. let's digress anyway, back, back into <laughs> back into uh our, our world of evermore here. Yeah. So did you know that in the Wikipedia for Square, before it was Square Enix, there's there's a Wikipedia page for Square. Mm-hmm. There's only one line that speaks to the secret of Evermore, which I think is a tragedy. Only really? one line. And the line goes thusly. The company also developed several notable standalone titles, including Chrono Trigger, born from a collaboration between Sakaguchi, Dragon Quest creator Yuji Hori, and Dragon Ball artist Akira Toriyama. Mm, Super yes. Mario RPG, produced in collaboration with Nintendo using characters from the Mario franchise, and the Western exclusive Secret of Evermore. <laughs> so not only is it only in one sentence, but it's actually an afterthought of that one sentence behind right. the juggernauts of Chrono Trigger and Dragon Ball and Super Mario RPG from the Mario franchise. It's it was, an afterthought. It was someone reminiscing and then edited the article and added That's exactly it. <laughs> what it feels like. Yeah. So... All in all, I just want to say that the story of this game, kind of forgettable. The locations, the soundtrack, and included in the soundtrack is listening to your dog sniffing for most of your time playing the game because mm-hmm. your dog will just sniff. It's, it's okay. It's a good soundtrack. It's an okay story. It's a disaster. 30 years in the making. You got a young boy and his dog, which, as you said, how can that fail? It can't. It didn't. A boy it's, and his dog is a winning story. It's it's an American game through and through. Story All the way of through. A boy and his dog. How more American can you get? A boy who is literally from Podunk. Podunk, USA. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a true adventure story, beautifully weaving in man's best friend. So You know, there are some darker elements, as I mentioned before, being 30 years living as the same age with the same people trapped. Imagine coming back after 30 years and your families are dead, your children are grown. How do you continue on after that? That's a little dark for me. I'm glad there is no Secret of Evermore 2 because that would be dark. Everything sucks. (laughs) Then you have, I don't know if you remember this, but the story the main bad guy in the story essentially is just a man who is obsessed with having somebody to play chess with. Yeah. That's it. That's the origin of the the bad guy. So he creates this AI. He takes a bunch of risks to make this AI smart. And then he eventually creates this world and has these evil twins and 
yada yada, you end up beating him. So how much power is too much? You know, we have some people who could possibly do this today. Think about Elon Musk, <laughs> Jeffrey Bezos. Yeah. We might not be far from our very own secret of evermore. True. And that is my thesis statement. <laughs> we might not be far. Well, that's a good one. I enjoy that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I just want to say it's a good game. It's a nostalgic game for me. There are a lot of good things about it, and you should play it if you like games. If you don't like games, the message is it was a good thing. <laughs> you know, and that's that's about it. <laughs> Always stay in pairs. Have your dog with you. If you don't have a dog, have someone with you. If you don't it's, have anybody, find somebody. It's never good to be alone. That's what I take from that. Yeah. That's what it taught me. Yeah. We're kind of we're kind of obsessed with it nowadays of being alone, being independent, not relying on anybody. But I feel like if you're listening to this listener, you should reconsider that that mindset. I reconsider. Totally agree. Totally agree. Cause yeah, we're pushing the world's pushing more and more into independence and you know, self, you know, I'm self-made. I did everything myself. But if you can have the help of others, do it. <laughs> it's, there's no shame in having help. There's no shame in having a friend or relying on someone. It's not a weakness. In the end of the day, it'll be a strength for you because mm-hmm. you'll be a better person. And not only are you relying on someone else, but I bet you dollars to donuts that there are many people out there who rely on you as well. And you can't shut them out either. So mm-hmm. if any takeaway, you can be the dog for other people. Mm-hmm. You know, just like in Evermore, you could be the companion to someone else who needs your help. And I'm sure there's a lot of people who get more gratification about helping others. You know, like, I'm helping you. I'm the benevolent one. You know, do it. <laughs> help other mm-hmm. people if that's your, that's your thing. At the end of the day, don't do it alone. Don't do things by yourself. Have a friend. Make a friend. Find a friend. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Be that toaster dog in the, the space world of Evermore. That just one <laughs> shots the last boss. Yeah, be the toaster dog for someone else. <laughs> Can I be your toaster dog? I will be your toaster dog. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Did you have any other bullet points or anything else you wanted to talk about? No. I think I've, I think I've finished my analysis of secret of evermore great that's it for us today everybody it's a different episode different kind of episode different flavor we just thought we wanted to talk about something take a break from from building a world every week and and just just talk about us about a game that we both enjoyed growing up and and have a minute to just not review it but reflect on it how it Mm. affected us and how what we took away and what hopefully you guys can take away from it hopefully you enjoyed this episode and uh if not i mean hopefully you like the next one there's others <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll keep doing them uh but yeah share it with your friends let us know send write us in tell us what happened to you tell us your companionship story tell us anything you want to and we'll read it and we'll maybe talk about it it'll be fun So, 
Until next time. Bye. See ya.